are listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. Podcasting to you from the sunny forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where I, for one, am happy to not be in the People's Republic of Scandinavia with the great Peter Pan, Prime Minister. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Gilkenny. And from Cascade Locks, Oregon, where I'm trying to go forth and multiply rather than being divided and conquered, I'm Andrew Hoffman. Divide and conquer, it's the way to go. They're going to take take us down. Divide and conquer. They're coming after you. So. I want to say hello to my uh, cousin up there in uh, Vancouver. He was the one that clued me in on into the real name of our uh, of the prime minister up there, <laughs> Peter Pan, as they're calling him. So um, <laughs> the, hope, hopefully uh, some real tyranny. Just call, call him Mini Castro. Mini Castro, sure. Uh, interesting things going on up there with the snap election, and I got some explanation from him, some boots on the ground report. But it looks like the so from what I could tell for those around the world who don't know this, and I don't know Andrew if you know this either. So they called the snap election, and there has to be so there has to be an election of all the different members of uh, parliament and mm-hmm. as well as the prime minister. Yep. And if they if the conservative party wins a majority of the votes at least in the parliament then they will get a minority they will win the minority which is a weird way of saying that they will then control the how or the excuse me the parliament but not necessarily the prime ministership and it's looking like that may happen that if they were to win the full majority, they could take over prime ministership and parliament. Does that sound you, right to you? It's, it's how no. it's explained to me. No? No, you, you said majority, but I think you meant plurality. Ah, sure. Okay. So okay. If, if there's more than two parties, which there is, and you get the most votes of the parties, I think everything you said then applies. Aha. Got it. Well, but you can take over the minority, not the majority, and by taking over parliament and not the prime minister. So it's kind of like having control of the House and Senate, but not having the presidency. So is he not directly up for election? Is that what I'm hearing? I think, let's see. That is the prime minister then chosen by parliament? I thought they had direct elections for. No, I think they have direct elections too, but uh, call snap election. Uh, I thought I could explain it, but I guess I can't. Let's not get too lost in this. Yeah, Canadians are all like, "How are you so stupid that you don't understand? It's not that complicated, (laughs) and and no one else cares because it's Canada. So we'll just move on." (laughs) So there's no winning. Uh, I think I'm right, though. I think I'm right. I think that if you if they get a certain amount of the votes, they take over the minority, meaning not parliament or not prime minister, but just parliament. And if they get even more than that, they could do both. That's what I think. That's what it's been called. That's been explained to me. 
I might be wrong. I'm sure I can get a Scandinavian to correct us on that as we move forward. But uh, even so, the the kind of heartening news or positive news would be that even in Ontario, which is kind of the California of uh, of uh, the of of Canada, for lack of a better term, is actually looking like the Conservatives may pull ahead. Okay. And, and by so, a decent margin too. Well, so as vaccine of, passports are being uh, threatened uh, and uh, said that you have until mid-October or else you're not going to be able to do this stuff, I think that any kind of shakeup that we can get will be great. Although, just like that clip from last week, I don't know if they're going to be able to vote their way out of this problem. Yeah. Well, and you compared it to California, and California's got their own recall election going on, and either... Either Newsom is the greatest actor in world history, or he believes he's going to lose. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I've. He looks absolutely petrified. Good. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And the the way California works is, so you vote to recall Newsom, yes or no. Okay. If over 50% say to recall him, then he's recalled. Then, if that is the case, and if if not 50% vote to recall him, then he's not recalled, he's, he stays in power. And But if he is recalled, then it's just whoever gets the most votes out of all the 40 candidates or whatever they have, which right now looks like uh, Larry Elder. Right, and they did you see the kind of controversy about the ballot fold being right over Larry Elder's name? Yep, I think we talked about that last week. Okay, okay, good. Well, there, there's the... Also, I avoided calling you all this week, even though I wanted to several times, because <laughs> there was things I wanted to talk to you about, but I think it, it really does damage the show a bit. Yes, so, yeah. so. We, when we talk in real life, it does it does mess things up. So anyway, it looks like Larry Elder may be the winner. And uh, also, you know, it's coincidence. I mean, I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but I saw some pretty disturbing stories coming out about Larry Elder. that He's the uh, new face of white supremacy. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. T- Tucker did a good breakdown on that. <laughs> I didn't watch Tucker. I don't necessarily too much care about Tucker, but it is. I don't think you need a huge breakdown to have a photo of a black man. And then a Washington Post headline that says that he's the the uh, new face of white supremacy. Then uh, there's not and not a lot of breakdown needed. I'm, I'm sure Tucker did a great job, but uh, I I did some breakdown on the fly and was like, yeah, that's baloney. <laughs> yeah, just made my own decision, you know, just stopped and was like, you know, I, I don't think that's true. Yeah, I think. Uh, you know, I guess I think they might throw a couple bones to the to us plebs uh, by letting the voting work a couple times. So yeah, you know, does it, does lo- it feel losing like a, losing a Newsom and a even a Trudeau? You know, this is not um, not that damaging to the way the system works. Even a Biden, they might. Yeah, yeah. Although. Uh, you know, what's my my theory all along has been that they're going to keep him in till the midterms. And uh, Jack Pro, Probisic, the OAN guy, said uh, 
I'm hearing that they're going to try to keep him in till the midterms. <laughs> so. Interesting. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's a, uh, it's a strange time. Um, it, it, I've been frustrated this last week, man. I mean, I've been, I'm not, I'll, I'll level with the listeners. I don't know that I'm in the best mood or the most excited to talk about this stuff. You know, the, the propaganda has been getting to me for sure. <laughs> you know, the confusion on all sides and, and just the mass propaganda and the, you know, we've had people in our actual lives say, eh, you know, maybe we can't hang out, you know, not vaccinated, mm-hmm. not vaccinated. Maybe we can't hang out. And uh, that's that's something that really, that really is something. And I think it it is uh, just makes it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit scary. So, yeah, uh, I know that. My conviction so to speak, has not changed. Um, my plans for the future may, but uh, my conviction certainly hasn't changed. I didn't overnight get this, even though I became a little bit frustrated with things. I didn't overnight give up and say, I'm going to go take the vaccine. I didn't overnight give up and say, the government was right. I didn't overnight give up and say, you know, Jesus can't even save us at this point. As a matter of fact, one of my more inspiring speeches you know, came out recently with uh, James Corbett. I said that, gosh, it was two months ago that he, or almost two full months ago that he asked me about having kids. And then, and then the Solutions Watch episode came out and I was motivated even by the, 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 the whole video, including myself. I was like, oh yeah, that's me from two months ago. I was, I was more motivated than I am right now. That's, that's oh yeah, that's what that's I believe. <laughs> I should just listen to myself more. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But well, uh, I think, yes, so Go Forth and Multiply came out, The Solutions Watch, and yes, your part was excellent. I thought James's conclusion at the end of the video was excellent, and the, you know, I mean, the whole thing was great. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed it, and um, I, I was not a part of it. That was my own fault, but um, yeah, I thought it was really good. Everyone should should check that out. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes as though most of our listeners don't already subscribe to to James Corbett anyway. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was I think it was good. I hope it I hope it gets out there. And, you know, I looked at some of the comments and there was still just a lot of people just like, well, it's a terrible time to bring a kid into the world right now. Hmm. And uh, yeah, a lot of people. But other, it was that was uh, like half the comments, maybe a little less than half. The other half were like, great video, great video. And then I don't know, there was another even of the great video crowd, there was about a, another percentage of, of them that were like, I'm not crying. You're crying. I'll cry during podcasts. <laughs> Cause the end was really touching with James reading to yes. his son. Yeah. Uh, from, just, from 2013. Yeah, yeah. Just in light of everything that's happened since. And then uh, him reading it again, you know, hearing it again, it's like, okay. which uh, that was, that was powerful for me the first time around too, in 2013. And then also this time, cause that's our, uh, firstborn children uh, were born like within a month of each other. So. Oh, that's that's right, that's right. My, See, I was my daughter was born almost, almost, uh, you know, basically days away from when when his son was born. So. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll just uh, hop into it. I got a lot of stuff to go over. I'm sure you have a lot of stuff to go over. And uh, let's just. 
I, I'll start off with the with something if you don't mind. Go for it. Okay, and because I don't know that I'm going to have that much, but this is from Forbes, and it's Apple just gave millions of users a reason to quit their iPhones iPhone uh, users have put up with a lot in recent months, but the company's new CSAM detection system has provided to be or has proved to be a lightning rod of controversy that stands out from all the rest. If you were thinking of quitting your iPhone uh, over that, in a shocking new report, this may push you over the edge. Apple will soon be scanning the iCloud image libraries of iPhone, iPad, and Mac users for child abuse, child sex abuse. In a new editorial published by the Washington Post, a pair of researchers who spent several years developing CSAM's child sexual abuse material detection system, similar to the Apple plans to install on its users' iPhones, iPads, and Macs next month, have delivered an unequivocal equivocal warning, it's dangerous. We wrote the only peer-reviewed publication on how to build a system like Apple's, and we've concluded the technology is dangerous. State Jonathan, uh, State Jonathan Meyer uh, Ananayu Kolshrestha, and the two Princeton academics behind the research. Our system could be easily repurposed for uh, surveillance and censorship. The design wasn't restricted to a specific category of content. A service could simply swap in any content matching database, and the person using that system would be none the wiser. This has been the predominant fear regarding Apple's CSAM initiative. The goal of the technology to reduce child abuse is indisputably important, but the potential damage that could come from hackers and governments manipulating a system designed to search your iCloud photos and report abusive content is clear to all. China's in Apple's second, China is Apple's second largest market with probably hundreds of millions of devices. What stops the Chinese government from demanding Apple scan those for pro-democracy materials, asked the researchers. And critics have plenty of ammunition from there. Earlier this year, Apple was accused of compromising on censorship and surveillance in China after agreeing to move the personal data of its Chinese customers to the servers of a state-owned Chinese firm. Apple also states that it provided customers customer data to the U.S. government almost 4,000 times last year. iCloud stores photos from iPhones, blah, 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 blah. We spotted the shortcoming mayor and Kolshestha explain the content matching process could have false positives and malicious users could game the system to subject innocent users to scrutiny. And a recent post doesn't bode well, or and recent history doesn't bode well. Last month, revelations about the Pegasus project exposed a global business which had successfully uh, hacked iPhones for years and sold their technology to foreign governments for surveillance of anti-regime activists, journalists, and political leaders from rival nations. With access to Apple technology designed to scan and flag the iCloud photos of a billion iPhone users, this could go a lot further. Uh, prior to Mayor... Tim? Yep. I have a solution. Yes. Don't use an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that easy, Andrew. <laughs> Guy who uses a Google phone. <laughs> well, the... Yeah, and I think this this story is important, um, and I think you also this the percentage this story of, of users have, in the United States on iPhone iPhone percent it's a lot of people. <laughs> no, and, and it's also know, it's also noteworthy. I know that it's hilarious to just laugh and say don't use it. Um, it's I think it's it's at least uh, worth documenting the fact that the company that has screamed over and over again 
that they're the one the uh they're the privacy they're the privacy minded ones it's it's i think it's an important watermark to note a way marker on this path to note that now not only are we privacy oriented but we're also scanning for child porn we're scanning your photos there's a couple different takes on this it's not quite as easy as use a uh, 2009 s2 galaxy or whatever it is that you use over there letting, <laughs> letting google i don't even know what i have i don't even think it, but you're basically just letting google see all of your stuff right uh, which is not not any better no, uh, but it's, but here's so there's, dif- there's different ways that we can actually start looking at this. One of them, the very first one, and I think the easiest thing is they're only going to be able to do it iCloud at the moment, and that's what they're claiming. They're going to be able to do it iCloud, uh, act like at the iCloud level. And if you remember way back, do you remember the the big hack? And ah, oh gosh, when was that? All the uh, different actors and all their nude photos were hacked. Uh, different actresses. Yes. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So when that happened... That, that was iCloud know, stuff. Yeah, iCloud, exactly. So iCloud is the weak spot. iCloud is where the surveillance is going to happen. So if you start backing up your photos to a different place and stop backing up your phone to that place, you back it up physically, that's one short-term solution moving forward until you can figure out what to do next. Um, there are well, several other solutions so, that I will get into at, at later dates, but go ahead, Andrew. And I apologize because I was dealing with work stuff at the beginning of, of your read there. But the there was a university that developed the same technology, okay? Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, no, this we, – we've got to stop because this whole hashing – thing like oh it's just child porn images that the hash is looking for well there's no way to keep it there then it becomes like oh well and any you know someone using these racist words we'll look for that too right so there's there's no way that this is absolutely slippery slope you know even if they were to keep it um supposedly at just violent child porn images you know what's to keep someone then from from framing someone else by sending them those images right i mean that this is it's it's certainly is problematic it's not good news and by the way there's there's plenty of ways to go after uh to go after the bad guys right now and they don't seem very interested in doing it yeah, you know, I mean, I'd, last I'd, year that Twitter, you know, a bunch of users figured out that you could hashtag CP or hashtag different things, and you could find, you know, people offering to sell or to uh, trade in uh, child pornography. And you know, uh, the shortly after that, there was the, all the stuff that was found on uh, UPorn or not UPorn. Uh, what's the one called? Pornhub, where there was constant, you know people that were clearly underage even though it says Mm -hmm. just turned 18 videos that were you know and those all stayed up there at least until shortly after that they had to take them all down um but you know this is something that i am not the only one that is concerned about this is something that many many people are concerned about because i've always kind of stuck with icloud and excuse me with iphones and, and, and apple because they at least had privacy in mind i think the writing was on the wall when they suspended the parlor app but while this may not concern you directly, this concerns probably a majority of our listeners in the United States because most of us have stuck with the iPhone in no small part due to at least 
hey, at least they were saying they were private and they were going to keep your information safe. And now they're kind of saying, well, here's where we go. Mm-hmm. There's and, a great. A great it's, uh, it's all it's trying to. I guess virtue signal is would be the yeah. right term, like, you know, but. But any critical th- thinking they're, person. They're trying to they're trying to um, solve a problem that's very solvable as it is uh, by making it a much larger problem. Absolutely. You know, even but and, by even, searching through everyone's iCloud and and then guess what? The government that you know FBI or whoever that that just you know we're just about protecting kids. Oh, but you know it's terrorism too. You're not going to protect the terrorists, are you? Here's some here's some hash things to look for for terrorist related material. And oh oh by the way, uh, anyone who questions the election is a terrorist. Anyone who you know is buying fertilizer is a terrorist. There's there's all sorts of stuff. I mean it's we did we talk about the. It it was so ludicrous that I don't even think we talked about the the guy who threatened to uh, get blown up in front of the Capitol because he was t- wanted to talk to Joe. I think I think that, that was week. in between our last two shows or this show and the last one. But yeah, you know, even so, there's a lot of people out there. Uh, John Gruber from the DaringFireball.net. If you ever go to that website, it's kind of hilarious how similar it looks to our website. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he is a huge he is a huge Mac fan. Always has been an Apple fan. Writes stuff about Apple all the time. And even he wrote an article this last week: Apple's new child safety initiatives and the slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it it's becoming quite obvious that this is not. We're further the further and further we get away from uh, Steve's Jobs and the privacy and the implication of privacy and Steve Wozniak being involved. The more and more it looks like it's just Tim Cook and uh, the CCP and big government who are just going to kind of, you know, slowly inch their way in. This is the Trojan horse. This is the beginning. I think that this is going to provide a lot more information. And it's, you know, if if you're a large corporation and you are uh, willing to work with China, willing to work with the CCP, in order to have access to that market, then you will give in on political censorship. I mean, that's just going to, it's a, a term of doing business and company after company, whether it be Google or Apple or whoever has proven, oh no, when, when you're talking about a billion person market, uh, we will sell out whoever we have to sell out. We, you know, sorry, sorry, Alex Jones. Yeah, absolutely. Electronic Frontier Foundation. I can't read today. You're going to have to read the articles. Electronic Frontier Foundation. Apple's plan to think different about encryption opens a back door into your private life. Um, I'm going to jump ahead actually to what I was going to wait for in the donation segment. But uh, it's that time of the month where Maverick Pilgrim gives us $6.33 for the Seek First the Kingdom uh, donation, which we can touch on later. But uh, he had a great question for us. Uh, he actually had two questions for us. He said, keep up the great work, gents. Andrew, when will we see a new breakout sub stack with some daily words of wisdom? Hmm. T- 
Tim, I'm getting out of Mac OS and iOS as soon as feasibly possible. Any recommendations on software and networking alternatives? Is there a good place to get some real help for genuinely getting things done after switching to Linux and other alternatives? Thanks again and for all that you do. Kind regards, Maverick Pilgrim. Maverick Pilgrim and me and many, 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 many other people in this country right now are all thinking along the same lines. And this is something that I think we're going to be covering a lot in the coming up shows. I'm trying to fig- get my hand on a, on a uh, believe it or not, a Google Pixel. <laughs> because Google Pixel is the uh, hardware which you can wipe, uh, de-Google, and install mm. a hardened, vo- hardened version of the open source version, uh, or the open source Android, onto Graphene it, OS? Is that- which is Graph graphene os absolutely yeah just so but just so we're all clear and 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 as i start to explain this to the listeners and do it myself in our own lives uh, there is android which is open source and there's ios which is closed source android is open source it's that when you add android in you begin to use all of the different apps and surveillance and stuff that comes from google by default you get updates Mm -hmm. it phones home to the servers it takes your gmail stuff it looks at your contacts it does all this stuff the open source version of Android that was made, uh, that was started from and made into Graphene OS, is the one of the more hardened uh, cell phone systems in the world as far as like hacking and surveillance. And most of what's on that phone stays private to you, uh, but it only works on some of the stuff that uh, it will. It, I've, I've read a lot of the stuff from the developer, and they said that they will, you know, support other phones moving into the future. But as of right now. They're only supporting the Pixel phone, which was the main, the original, you know, stock Android. And then Mm. you add all the Google stuff onto it. So I'm actually doing a lot of research, trying to figure out which Pixel I'm going to buy. I was, uh, I've spent many hours this week kind of looking for the best place to get one, which one's going to be the best one. Get my Graphene OS installed on it and at least start running it alongside my iPhone as I try to make the switch over. And uh, as we spoke about last week or two weeks ago in the intro to the show, I was excited about elementary OS in the release of Odin, which, Andrew, do you remember years and years and years ago when that was actually the, like the, that was the DNA of our show. We were doing, I was taking old computers and installing mm-hmm. Linux on them and sending them out to listeners. We sent one to Hawaii. I think you were running elementary OS at your house for a while on your computer. Yeah. 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 So we're going to, I think we're going to get back to that. Uh, I have elementary OS installed on a MacBook right now. Everything seemed to be working good, and then there was an update, and I lost Wi-Fi. These are the these are the mm. <laughs> these are these are the fun things. But to be quite honest, I think it's one of the things that we're gonna have to learn to accept and work with, because you know, paying a little bit more for Apple because everything just works and you don't have to worry about it, maybe not really an option anymore. Yeah. As we as we become branded as anti-vaxxers and then eventually Christians, <laughs> dirty Christians. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily coming soon, but it might be, but I, uh, I think it's, it, it all seems to be happening much faster than I thought it would happen. It's, sure. Sure. Yeah, sure. I, I thought, you know, James Corbett, oh, come on, James COVID 1984 right now. This is the world changing event. This is no, come on. They'll, they'll back off in a couple months. No, oh, no, not so much. He was a hundred percent right. Uh, Chris White, you know, like the, hey, there's nowhere to run, so run for the hills. Um, he was ahead of his time too, so. Yeah, absolutely. 
the people that uh, have been right, if if you look at if you look at the people who are like, no, this is really bad. This is this is it. Those are the people that have been right the whole time. And then the people who are like, no, come on, quit overreacting. It's no big deal. They're the they're the people that, you know, a year and a half ago were like, oh, this is no big deal. It'll be done by Easter. <laughs> What's the frog in the cat in the pot approach, right? Yeah. Just slowly, slowly boil them up until they don't even know it. So anyway, this will be a part of our show moving forward. I'm uh, using elementary OS now. I may move back to Ubuntu or Ubuntu. We'll see kind of where that goes. But I am looking for a phone to get Graphene OS onto it. I'll let everybody know when I make the switch from iPhone. But the writing's on the wall. This is the direction of big tech. And uh, we have to move away from that. And we have to start kind of looking at what we can do, you know, with podcasting 2.0 and, and things like this. It's time to uh, to really start thinking about, okay, what yeah. if these tools aren't available to us? Don't be caught, you know, you know, don't be don't be caught like red handed or, or uh, caught uh, unaware where, mm-hmm. you know, you wait and wait and wait until all of a sudden one day the services that you like or the stuff that you want is gone, suspended or, you know, you can't use it or there's, you know, restrictions on it. And you don't have an, you have to then play catch up and figure out what direction you want to go. Let's start kind of doing this stuff now. So. Yeah, I need to. I need a new uh, podcasting device, podcast listening device. My iPod Classic, you know, it's down to one channel that works most of the time. It, you know, I only get audio in one ear, um, <laughs> and it. You know, even that goes in and out sometimes. So it's kind of on its last legs. You know, it has been, I have had it since uh, like, I don't know, 2005 or so. But mm-hmm. but it's nice and it's not connected to the internet. You just plug it into the computer when I'm home and then I've got hours and hours of podcast listening ability. You know, you, you might benefit from one of those, old, the, the touchscreen iPods. In that it does connect to the internet and then it downloads the apps directly. But if you only downloaded one podcast, you like deleted every other app on there mm-hmm. and then just downloaded your podcasting app and that's it. And then turned the Wi-Fi on when you wanted to use it and turned it off when you didn't. I don't see why you would that would be an issue. That, that would be yep. a benefit. Yeah, that'd be good. good it might idea. be an interesting way to go. Or you just get an old Pixel phone, install the old Graphene OS on it, and you're already operating on a form of Android now. So it wouldn't be that big of a... A change for you yeah then you can get a podcasting 2.0 app onto your graphene os so anyway i'll let you take it over from here but i just wanted to get that out because that's what a lot of my brain power has been on is just kind of starting to figure out okay if this is what we're going to start doing i don't know that i really want to be a part of this anymore so i'm going to uh, try and figure out other ways to make it work yeah well one thing we talked about last week um, in regards to a different question, and I guess I didn't answer the Maverick Pilgrim's question. Um, I had not really thought about doing a Substack, but I am doing, trying to start doing doing more with uh, the Neva space that I put stories for the show into. And so you can go to revelationsradionews.com and click on Andrew's links and it opens up that same page that i created and it has 
both links to the stories and kind of my comments on them. And I will try to expand um, kind of my writing about why I chose that story, why I think it's important, um, if people find that valuable. So if we get, you know, and I'm not expecting hundreds of responses, but maybe one person that's like, yeah, I I checked that out and it's it's cool. Please put work into it. Then I'm happy to to put more work into that. For sure. And let's let's really get some uh, feedback for Andrew, because I'm thinking it could be uh, a blog on our website that he could write. It could actually just be right on Revelations Radio News under a blog section, and it could possibly be part of a newsletter that we could send out too. So Andrew doesn't want to put in all the extra work if it's not going to be something that's helpful to people. I've been encouraging him to to do it because I think it would be, Uh, but let's at least uh, get some feedback to him and uh, let him know that uh, you think it would be be worth it. So this next story, uh, you know, my typical news source, Slate. Um, Spike Lee has fallen down the 9-11 truth or rabbit hole. Okay. On, on Monday, the New York Times reported that he fell. <laughs> I love that headline. He fell down. It's not his fault. Like, we can't be mad at Spike. But the he fell down the truth or rabbit hole. Uh, on Monday, the New York Times reported that Spike Lee devotes a significant amount of time in his new four-part HBO documentary series, New York City Epicenters 9-11 to, <laughs> to 20, 21.5, to the group Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, which promotes the conspiracy theory that the Twin Towers were brought down by a controlled demolition as part of an inside job. About a decade ago, I interviewed architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth founder Richard Gage multiple times and attended one of his events for articles in Slate and Architect magazine. Gage is responsible. Just him, apparently. Just Richard Gage. It's all your fault, Richard. is responsible for peddling some of the most pernicious and long-running lies about the 9-11 attacks, which is why I was surprised that Lee, HBO, and Warner Media might be lending his group any amount of time. I had to see for myself to what extent Lee's documentary actually promoted Gage's fantasies, so I checked out a screener for episode 4, which is due to be released around the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. What I found was surreal and demoralizing. Lee devotes 30 minutes near the very end of his series to relitigating arguments that have been debunked a thousand times. And a link, as if that's actually a link to debunking 9-11 truth a thousand times. Uh, Specifically, he presents about a dozen conspiracy theorists and members of Gage's group, including Gage himself, in a back and forth with three credible scientists who investigated the 9-11 attacks in in a teach-the-controversy-style format that presents the truth behind 9-11 as an open debate between two equally valid sides. In terms of conveying facts, this is a bit like presenting COVID-19 vaccine skeptics in a debate alongside Anthony Fauci. (laughs) That's not the own you think it is. Or Holocaust deniers alongside the Simon Wiesenthal Center. Or a clique of climate change skeptics alongside the authors of the United Nations IPCC report. (laughs) That's just... I love that paragraph. Okay. Uh, Anyway. So... Spike Lee, possible 9-11 truther, or at least uh, 
open-minded enough to present that side of it to the extent that it triggers the propagandists from Slate. So good for Richard Gage um, getting on that episode. Absolutely. That's kind of cool. I had, I had no idea that was even a thing. Yeah. Uh, Monica Perez pointed that out. So thank you, Monica. Of the propaganda report. So ah. they, they also recently did a deep dive on the, the Apple phone thing. So, oh, they did. Yes. Nice. So that's, and they, they pointed out some, some stuff that I, I hadn't heard elsewhere. So, it's good. All right. Um, so there, the big news on Monday was full approval for Pfizer. Woo! Full FDA approval. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! So. <laughs> do you, Pandemic's over. Pandemic's over. Yeah. No more excuses. Over. No more excuses, Woo! people. It's FDA yeah! approved. All right. So I would say mainstream media universally reported it as full approval for the Pfizer vaccine. Am I correct in that? Yes. I did not hear any mainstream sources, just full on. So on uh, Steve Bannon's war room, he had Robert Malone on there. And Robert Malone had kind of a... Inventor of the mRNA t- vaccine. He, he had kind of an interesting take on it. So, do, do you want to play that video? It's not super long. So, and I believe this is the source of kind of a uh, revised story that went through alternative media. Uh, the Canary Cry guys talked about it. Just kind of like, what is this? Just reading from the FDA's. Uh, kind of press release on the approval because it doesn't read the way you would expect it to. So Robert Malone talks about it a bit. Dr. Malone, I'm a simple guy. Uh, I'm confused because of what CNBC and everybody's running around with Pfizer, 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 Pfizer. When you look at the letters the way you've broken them apart, these two letters, they've actually, and I want to go back to what you said about the data. There's really no data. But They've authorized the use of a vaccine. Does that vaccine currently <laughs> exist? If I want to walk down, not that I'll do it, but if I want to walk down to the doctor today and get a vaccine, can I actually get the one that, quote, unquote, has this kind of sketchy, shady FDA approval? Is that available right now to the best of your knowledge, sir? It's absolutely not available. So the, the little trick that they've done here is they have issued two separate letters for two separate vaccines. The Pfizer vaccine, which is what is currently available, is still under emergency use authorization and it still has the liability shield. The 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 once again the mainstream media has lied to you. I'm sorry to say that. I know it's a shock to this worship. But the the product that's licensed is the BioNTech product, which is substantially similar but not necessarily identical. It's called uh, Comirnaty. I think that's how it's pronounced, and it's not yet available. They haven't started manufacturing it or labeling it, and uh, that's the one that the liability waiver will no longer apply to. So the one that's actually licensed is not yet available, and when it does become available, it will no longer have the liability shield. In the interim, 
the one that does have the liability shield is the Pfizer product, and that's what's currently available, and it's still under emergency use authorization. So that's no change. Okay. The press has just not done their work and figured out what's actually yeah. going on here. Fine, but that's why we have geniuses like you. I just want to make sure I, I, something's clear to the audience. And we're, we're, look, we're trying to be fair to the FDA and this whole process, the CCP virus. Um, the emergency use authorization as it currently stands by the FDA for Pfizer does not allow its use for children under 16. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. The this uh, the, the the overall blanket uh, approval for the uh, for the for the other one for BioNTech or whatever it's called the one that's not fully done yet. Does that include? Is the way you read it that does not include uh, a full FDA authorization until at least 2023 or 2024 when these other studies. Are, are completed, correct? That's the way I read it. That seems to be the way it's written. And by the way, in terms of the timelines, I just wanted to go back to that. Um, there's a statement that the BLA acknowledges, so that's the, the, the license for uh, um, the BioNTech product. Here's the language. The BLA acknowledges long-term myocardial issues with a five-year follow-up, which is consistent with the lower range of long-term follow-up for gene therapy products. It appears that, that banging on them that they haven't applied the gene therapy checklist may have succeeded, and they appear to now, without acknowledging it, being starting to apply the requirements that are applied for gene therapy products. But, but in terms of the cardiac issues, they acknowledge that the myocardial issues will require a five-year follow-up. But once this, is, once this is in place, can the, the FDA would then have to come back an issue, an emergency use authorization for this for the second one for children, correct? That's clearly not done right now. Is that correct? <clears throat> I I would imagine that what they will do is an emergency use authorization for the pediatric population for Pfizer. So that will keep Pfizer indemnified because that's something that Pfizer has been seeking in all of their worldwide contracts with other governments is full indemnification. They will not sell you vaccine unless you waive liability if you're a government head of state or whatever. So that's the always, Pfizer always position is we don't want to own the liability here. And, okay. you know, that, that raises the question, what is it they're so scared about? If these are fully safe vaccines, why does Pfizer believe that it has to have liability protection? Okay. I didn't know that, man. So that's, that's even, yeah, I didn't know that. I, I think I was busy at work that day. I've been dealing with some other stuff around the house here. And I saw the tweets. I saw the, are you scared yet? I saw the, oh my gosh, it's the end of the pandemic. I, I just assumed that this crazy vaccine with the, I mean, let's check the numbers now, the the deaths and VARES are reaching over 12,000, that that was full approved. I mm -hmm. actually didn't know that they pulled this fast one either. Yeah. And, all right, so... John Rappaport does a breakdown of this. Did the FDA really approve the Pfizer COVID vaccine? Wait, what? Um, so John Rappaport, what's his blog called? Nomorefakenews.com. So um, the pressure is building. Take the vaccine. Many people are looking for a successful way to refuse the COVID vaccine in situations where the shots are mandated. I fully support such efforts. Some people believe they can make the argument that the FDA didn't actually give full approval to the Pfizer vaccine on August 23rd. 
Therefore, these people can refuse the vaccine on the grounds that it is still experimental, meaning that it has only been granted emergency use authorization. I'll discuss that practical strategy later in this article. But first, I need to analyze the claim that the FDA didn't fully approve or license the Pfizer vaccine. Okay, here we go. The first FDA document I'll reference is Comirnaty and Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine dated August 23rd, 2021. The document opens with this statement. Uh, On August 23rd, 2021, the FDA approved the first COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine has been known as the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine and will now be marketed as Comirnaty for the prevention of COVID-19 disease in individuals 16 years of age and older. The vaccine also continues to be available under emergency use authorization, including for individuals through 15 years of age and for the administration of a third dose in certain immunocompromised individuals. The FDA approved means full approval. The FDA has fully approved the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine, and this vaccine will now be marketed as the Comirnaty vaccine. They are the same vaccine, medically speaking. The ingredients are the same. Now, that's a. Robert Malone said, not necessarily. Okay, they are substantially the same, but not necessarily identical. That could be, you know, when we're talking as graphene oxide and some of these things, when we're talking about that, that could be significant. I don't, you know, don't know if it is or not. The FDA document also says the vaccine will continue to be available under the prior emergency use authorization for uses that are not yet fully approved. For example, injecting children 12 to 15 and as a third dose for certain immunocompromised people. The full approval and the EUA status are riding together side by side. The EUA status covers use of the vaccine not covered under full approval. Okay. The rest of this FDA document offers links. One of the links leads to an FDA news release titled FDA approves first COVID-19 vaccine. Okay, so we'll go on. He he does a good breakdown. It contradicts what Malone said a little bit, um, but I think, you know, the I guess the main point they differ on is whether Comirnaty is equal to the Pfizer vaccine that's actually being injected into people's arms. And Malone says it's not, which I think is is relevant. Now, the larger issue is, is this the way you want to battle it? Do you want to put all your eggs in the not FDA approved basket? And I've said for quite a while, I don't think that's the way to go because the FDA is just going to approve it. So either, and the FDA has not come out and said hey everyone is interpreting this wrong okay we did not approve the pfizer vaccine that's actually being injected into people's arms we injected we approved something else that's not even available like there's been no correction all right so either the fda is in on it in on the deception which is a possibility or uh john rapaport is right and it's just kind of like different names for the same thing um, or this is a a very sneaky uh, lawyer trick to avoid to avoid some of the um, requirements of an FDA approved medication. And FDA, if it's FDA approved, then you have to list all the side effects. Uh, you have to 
you know, if there's a commercial for it, you have to list all the side effects in the commercial. You've got to, you know, there's there's more requirements for um, an FDA-approved thing than this emergency use, with which is kind of a new concept. And obviously, we've seen you get the the blank ingredients list, the blank um, warnings, and it's it's fine. They're safe and effective. Just don't worry about it. So, so you know, can, I, can I'm I, going I, I'm going with all all the above um, as far as like, is it a distraction? Is it a sneaky PR deception? Is it a legal trick? I'm going with all the above. Can I jump in here for a second and get yep. my kind of thoughts? A couple things. One, I'm consulting the uh, VAERS database uh, as of August 13th, which looks like this is at least 12 days old. We we just we just moved over 13,000 deaths. So uh, 13,000 deaths uh, where and this is this is the irrefutable deaths due to the vaccine. Um, and we've we've talked about how underreported this number really is um, in most cases. Uh, so that's one one angle. The other angle is it felt like for a minute there that there was a lot of like traction with many legally minded people out there saying, well, I can't be forced to take a vaccine that's not FDA approved. Right. Yeah. I can't, you know, and you can't mandate something that's not FDA approved. So then they put out this kind of whipsaw, as uh, John C. Dvorak likes <laughs> to call it, where you say it's one thing and it actually is another. And I think it's convinced enough of the uh, headline readers that, yeah, it's full approval. And, you know, I, I, I call them headline readers, but then I have to admit that on Monday I was uh, <laughs> it was weird, too, because I, I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. I didn't think it was approved. And then I saw tweets suggesting that it was or mm-hmm. uh, pe- people in the news suggesting it was. And I'm like, wait, what? And then I went and looked and yeah, full approval. So now, you know, expect more mandates. Here comes the end. I uh, didn't realize that this was a trick that was being played on us. Very, yeah. uh, very interesting. Yeah. Things have been uh, busy here at the Kilkenny household. I've been doing all kinds of stuff, working tons of hours and uh, trying to trying to trying to act as my own attorney. We may talk about that at some other point <laughs> later in the show. Not not this show, but maybe a, a show down the road. But uh, do I you want to? I miss this. So, yeah. So. Well, and I, I kind of feel like it's a trap, right? Like, like, hey, get really into the weeds on this because it won't stop anything and it'll distract you from the fact that the vaccines don't work, which the other story, which we don't have to read it, ultra vaccinated Israel's crisis is a dire warning to America. Uh, now, what's funny about that is you know about that. I know about that. You and I have a certain bent and a certain way that we're looking at the news and we're saying, well, let's look at this place. that has been completely vaccinated. Let's see how they're yeah. faring. Um, and so you and I seek that information out. And this, I've is, this is not I've mentioned, coming from a, no, from I, a, I know, but I've mentioned in passing the situation in Israel to several different people, one of which was a physician. Um, and they didn't, they didn't no know anything clue. about it. Yep. Yeah. No, no, no same thing. I, I referenced it. Uh, to a, a person I, I work for, actually, and no, no, hadn't heard anything about it. So Alex Berenson's a good source on that. He's following those numbers, you know, for the reason of seeing if it's working or not. And guess what? It's not working. And it's interesting because he breaks down the actual numbers. But then if you look at Pfizer's, um, like, press briefings on the issue, it, they make it sound all positive, like, 
only 15 people have died. Yeah, 15 people in 10 days after the third dose. Uh, so this is, yeah, it's it's not going well. The article uh, from the Daily Beast of all places. Um, I don't want to frighten you, Israel's COVID czar, Dr. Salman Zarka, told Parliament this week. But unfortunately, the numbers don't lie. Yeah. So the vaccines don't work. They're not safe. And um, FDA approval, assuming it is FDA approval for the vaccine you're actually getting, which there's some question about that, but let's just say it's true. What does FDA approval actually mean? Let's let's look at uh, the video from What's-Her-Face talking about FDA approval and another product. I love this girl. She Her videos are great. It finally happened. The FDA approved the Pfizer vaccine. Praise the Lord. You'd think this was a bad day for team medical freedom, but I personally couldn't be happier. Because ever since I was a young girl, it's been my dream to expose the shady deeds of the FDA and the CDC. Yeah, so I was a weird kid, so what? And this move just added the FDA to the long list of government agencies that will have zero credibility by the time this spiritual war expires. And it couldn't come at a better time. Just just as the news is circulating that the vaccines have been an epic failure, just as we're seeing identical viral loads in the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, just as we're rolling out a third useless dose of the vaccine to the masses. So let's break down the corruption in the FDA real quick. Firstly, did you know that the FDA used to be an entirely taxpayer-funded entity, but now 75% of their budget for drug regulation comes directly from pharmaceutical companies? That's right, the FDA is funded by the manufacturers it regulates. They do not work for you. They work for pharma. Pre-COVID, this would be a conflict of interest, but in 2021's idiocracy, this is just called the scientific method. Secondly, I wouldn't be so fast to assume that just because the vaccine is FDA approved, that it's safe. To demonstrate what I mean by this, I'd like to tell you a story covered by the Los Angeles Times about a little drug called Resulin. As I tell you this story, I invite you to replace the word Resulin with COVID-19 vaccine because I'm sure you'll find the parallels uncanny. The rise and fall of the killer drug Resulin. The suffering persisted for more than two years. Initially, there were four known victims, then 21, then 33, finally 63 confirmed fatalities. All the while, federal authorities watched, waited, and hoped the deaths would stop. It was not until a disparate collection of physicians inside the U.S. Food and Drug Administration waged a remarkable revolt that the agency was forced to reverse course. These physicians were dubbed the termites. Yeah, you heard that correctly. The people within the FDA who prioritized the health and safety of U.S. citizens over the profits of pharma were called termites. How the termites prevailed in toppling Rizulin, a blockbuster diabetes drug that generated $2.1 billion in sales, illuminates one of the most important reversals in FDA history. A reconstruction of Rizulin's rise and fall shows that senior government officials repeatedly played down the drug's propensity to cause liver failure and death. Before it was withdrawn on March 21st, the FDA assured doctors and patients that Rizulin's potential benefits in lowering blood sugar levels outweighed its grave risks. Sound familiar? The assignment of vetting Rizulin's safety and effectiveness initially fell to Dr. John L. Guariguian, a veteran FDA medical officer. Guariguian emphasized that Rizulin offered very little significant therapeutic advantage, 
By the fall of 1996, Gregorian concluded that Rizulin was unfit for approval and warned of its potential harm to both the liver and the heart. So did the FDA take Gregorian's analysis into account and stop all production of Rizulin? Of course not. Instead, they threatened to fire him. Gregorian came under fire from the manufacturers of Rizulin, Warner and Lambert, who contacted the FDA to complain about Gregorian's use of intemperate language. Effective November 4th, 1996, Lumpkin ordered Gregorian removed from the evaluation of Rizulin and any further dealings with Warner Lambert. These actions sent an early and enduring message within the FDA. Challenging Rizulin was not without risk to one's career. So are the doctors and scientists who are speaking out against the COVID-19 vaccine really spreading misinformation? Or are they being silenced by their friends at Big Pharma? An estimated 430 or more Rizulin patients had suffered liver failure. Patients incurred 1,200 times more risk of liver failure by taking Rizulin. One of every 1,800 Rizulin patients could be expected to suffer liver failure, a far cry from the 1 in 100,000 risk espoused by the Warner-Lambert spokesman. Because adverse events from prescription drugs are reported voluntarily, typically by doctors and hospitals, Rizulin's estimated toll is perhaps 10 times higher, experts say. Sounds an awful lot like the VAERS reporting system, which is estimated to cover a mere 1% of all vaccine injuries. The FDA is obligated under federal law to ensure that new and existing prescription drugs are safe and effective for their intended use. But the FDA was hardly renouncing Rizulin. In addition to keeping the drug on the market, the agency approved Warner Lambert's request for a new recommended use of Rizulin in combination with two other popular blood sugar lowering pills. So not only did the FDA refuse to take the drug off the market after it was found to cause liver failure, they approved it for another use. For those of you who keep saying that we're moving the goalposts because our argument was once that it was not FDA approved and now that it is, we no longer have an excuse not to take it. We were never arguing that the FDA was the be all end all of food and drug regulators. We were pointing out the fact that not even the blatantly corrupt FDA was willing to approve your lethal injection. Now that they've done just that after sweeping thousands upon thousands of deaths and injuries under the rug, They've only solidified our suspicion that the evil within them might be even worse than we originally thought. So why are we seeing this approval now? Because this will pave the way for vaccine mandates in colleges, hospitals, corporations, and local governments. Meaning the people who are celebrating this news are looking forward to the day that you're banished from society. They're anticipating the day that you're fired, turned away from essential services, dehumanized, and eventually starved out. I thought she nailed it. She usually does. She's awesome. Yeah, that was that was good. Uh, but but don't think that uh, don't think that the advertisers are going to give up so easily. So this this next article um, this comes from FinTechology. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. I mean, I I usually read it on you know first thing in the morning. But <laughs> FinTechology. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So how to sell the how to sell the vaccine to the unvaccinated according to six advertising executives who are pros at persuasion. The question of how to deal with the millions of Americans who have chosen not to get vaccinated against COVID-19 is often framed in the starkest terms. Option 1, use vaccine mandates to force shots into their unwilling arms. Option 2, give up on the possibility of returning to normal life anytime soon. Oh, yeah, there you go. But there's the third option, advertising. 
If America has one true genius, it's knowing how to rewire the decision-making loops of every human being with a pulse. The ad industry succeeds every day at selling beer and pickup trucks across the political divide. Could that same magic make everyone want a vaccine? Rather than viewing vaccination through the lens of sociology or epistemology, as the Biden administration has been doing, why not treat it as a complicated but ultimately solvable marketing problem? Here's what we know. The unvaccinated tend to skew young, rural, southern, and heavily Republican. Oh, not black, huh? Hmm, Interesting. Uh, Over the summer, in less than 60 days, the gap in vaccination rates between Trump voting and Biden voting counties increased fivefold to 12 percent, which is still not very much. But anyway, even as the White House continues to send Dr. Anthony Fauci out to do TikTok interviews with Gen Z influencers, the data suggests it may be time to switch gears. What worked to get the first 70 percent of Americans vaccinated isn't going to persuade the remaining 30. What would a new approach look like? That's the question I put to six advertising executives with experience in everything from Fortune 500 branding to public health campaigns in rural communities. What follows are ideas from our informal brainstorming session. All right. So this guy, Jim Lasser, uh, executive director at Lightning Orchard, and he also worked at Wyden and Kennedy. Have you ever heard of Wyden and Kennedy, Tim? I have not. They're in Portland, and they do the Nike stuff. Oh, interesting. So, um, and he also worked on two seminal Chrysler campaigns, Halftime in America featuring Clint Eastwood and Imported from Detroit featuring Eminem. That imp- yeah, I remember that. Imported yeah. from Detroit was a really good commercial. They, yeah. These are these are good. These, yeah. these guys are good good at the advertisements. <laughs> not not so good at the convincing. So uh, culturally, it feels like our country is going through it. So this is him, I guess, talking is through a civil war. Your audience is essentially one side of that, and the perceived megaphone is coming from the other side. You're fighting against some major headwinds, and the benefit is mostly invisible. There's a low barrier for the consumer. It's just a shot, but it's also a high barrier because of the politics. So how do you speak right at the group that's like, no? What would appeal to them? How can I frame this issue in a way that wouldn't try to persuade them with numbers and charts and science? Yeah, (laughs) They're doing too much charts and science, that's for sure. Um, I would try to use humor to disarm them. Puns are nice. It's such a low bar, and they can get sticky in your mind. I always think about arms and injections in your arms and Second Amendment arms being a really important freedom in some of these states. What if you had Sean Hannity with a bare arm saying, it's right to bear arms, kill COVID. It's almost a call to arms. Let's defend this country against this enemy. Kill COVID. Give it a K. That could be a sticky thing. Let's turn it from you got to get protected to let's effing track this thing down and kill it. It's like the film Tremors. We got to get together and effing slay this thing. It's a problem. It's a horror. This isn't something that these eggheads at the CDC think is happening. This is a real life monster we have to slay. That's what pro wrestling would do. Then we'd get a wrestler and name him COVID with a K. He'd be a heel that some good guy could take down. The vaccination becomes part of the fun. We're all taking a whack at him. You'd have to execute it with a wink, a little bit of a sense of humor. That would be the challenge. What do you think of that? Are are you convinced, Tim? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Just, so need to get, just need to get just a professional wrestler in there. Professional wrestler named COVID, and yeah, sign me up. Uh, next guy. Mike Lee is the vice president of brand strategy at Cactus, of marketing and communications firm in Denver, which has worked on anti-smoking and suicide prevention campaigns. Hmm. Yeah, the anti the suicide prevention campaigns don't result in more suicides at all. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, the rejectors are the hardest people to move. For others, it's not about the vaccine itself. There's some other inhibiting belief that's getting in the way. It could be an identity issue where getting the vaccine would conflict with their worldview. If they get the vaccine and their friends knew it, they'd be seen as wrong. And if they're wrong about that, could they be wrong about something else? How do you use the rest of that worldview as an accelerant as opposed to a headwind? When the FDA gives full approval, that's an opportunity to give people a way out so they feel like they won. You were right to wait. Now we know. That message needs to come from leading voices who are casting doubt on the vaccines. Maybe they're also trying to make sure that Trump gets credit. He started the vaccine program. He directed the resources. So you make it part of his legacy. <laughs> like they haven't already tried that. But uh, Oh, it's FDA approved and Trump likes it? Shoot me up. Are you convinced, Tim? Did that uh, work no. on you? Nope. No, okay. did, you, did you happen to catch Trump's latest rally where he got booed after he said take the vaccine? We've we got uh, we've got a related clip coming up. Got so, it. So, well, uh, okay. So we're not worried about these advertiser guys? I, I'll tell you what, underestimate the advertisers at your own risk. And this, um, you know, especially like Pfizer level. These guys are are no joke, but it seems stupid, right? When it's when it's put into writing, as far as here's how you convince them, it's like no one would be convinced by that. But yes, people get convinced by advertising every day. So the great great part about advertising is no one thinks they're susceptible to it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, knowing knowing what you don't know, let's see. Okay. Our creative director made a joke that a lot of advertising aimed at people in this demographic is for vape pens or a new flavor of Mountain Dew. We were joking around about making the vaccine an ingredient in Bud Light or putting it in a vape pen. That kind of joke is not funny to me, but uh, hilarious, hilarious. Uh, we'll just we'll just sneak the vaccine into people without them knowing they're getting it. Oh, that's bro. If we could just put the vaccine in the water or something, oof, oh, yeah, yeah, so I, good. That's where we already put the SSRIs. So if yeah. you get the uh, vaccine in there, that'd be the deal. That would be the deal. So good. So then they've got the World War II style vaccine ad drawing on several techniques, and it's got a, a lady, of course, it's a lady, you know, I mean, with her. Doing an arm flex, but with a bandaid on her shoulder where she got the shot and wearing a mask. And it says to victory. There you go. Rosie the Riveter. Rosie the Riveter part two. But she's uh, multi-culty. She's not just a, a whitey. Um, yeah, very, very 2021 there. And then they talk about uh, local story, angle, and serving your country. So anyway, I thought that was an interesting article from the perspective of enemy propaganda. Um, and now let's, 
believe it or not, they still haven't convinced everyone. Let's uh, play this this clip, this uh, British kid talking, trying to explain himself for why he hasn't gotten the vaccine, even though he clearly needs it to get into pubs. Is it? You're obviously aware of the adverse vaccine reactions. Not everyone is. So you don't want to take the vaccine. Um, what pressure have you had from friends or family? What are you? Because your particular age group have been targeted lately in terms of nightclubs, universities, going on holiday. So my auntie works for AstraZeneca. Who, um, so the pressure from her family, some well, some of my family is quite great to get the vaccine. They're quite, they're like, um, why haven't you taken the vaccine? Why haven't you taken the vaccine? You're selfish. My cousin's even, co- well, my cousin from Cambridge has even called me a twat over it, um, not getting the vaccine, you know. But. I've, and I've, I've lost friends over it as well. There are some friends though who have who, who won't take the vaccine no matter what, and that's because they've they've seen what it's done to people. Um, I've got friends who are, are very ill and haven't been um, haven't been well since the day they took it and have regretted it. Uh, but I've also got friends who are like, well, if you don't take the vaccine, you're going to be killing other people. But if I'm if you can still get it when you've got the vaccine, how am I killing other people? It doesn't prevent transmission because you can still pass it on. You can still get it. So how am I killing other people? I'm not being selfish. It's my body, my choice. What's the world looking like for you? Because, you know, for the for the younger generations, if this vaccine passports are taken up by the majority, what do you think the world's going to look like in a year? In a year? I, I have no idea. Uh, it's, you know, it's straight out of the 1990, 1984 book. Um, we're, you know, we're... The idea that we're going to have to get out our phones and, you know, get up our passes, show our papers in the streets, or if we want to go into a pub, it's it's funny. It is, it is honestly funny that people don't see how where this is going, where this is going. That we have, to, you know, um, it's about control. You know, um, if the go- if you allow the government to break the law and to violate your rights because of an emergency, what's stopping them from creating an emergency to break the law? <laughs> Nailed it. No agenda, listener, guaranteed. No. <laughs> This tweet is misleading. Learn more about I how vaccines work. I know it's got the work. warning on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because he says, I don't oh, know. I can't even the, like it. the misleading part? No, you can't I, like it. That it went super viral. And why then they, can't you like this? We try to prevent a tweet like this that otherwise <laughs> breaks Twitter rules from reaching more people. So we have disabled most of the ways to engage with it. If you want to talk about it, you can still quote the tweet. Got it. So I'll quote the tweet (laughs) and then I'll say, look at this. (laughs) Yeah, I would say smart kid. We don't we don't give the kids uh, very much credit on our podcast. So this is we don't. You know, I want to touch base on that. It's an interesting point you bring up. Uh, I talk to many of of the kids, them kids. And uh, the under 25 crowd, at least the ones I'm interacting with on a daily basis, not interested. Mm. They they have no interest in any of this. Yeah. And I, I don't know what that's going to do to the bars, the universities, all that sort of stuff. But I, I guess. Like not interested in getting the vaccine. Yes. Not interested okay. in getting the vaccine. Exactly. Like not, not playing. Not even, not even a little bit. Now, maybe that's just the people that tend to, you know, trickle in to work at this said dealership at this said time. But every single person under 25, it like comes to me like, hey, you're, you know, we're, we're of the right mind. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are. So <laughs> it, some of the young kids are not into it. And that's that's good. I think that's good. That's at least uh, hopeful. It's it's good. And it's 
somewhat miraculous. Like, where are they getting good information from? Like, it's they're not getting it in school. No, for sure. I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know one of the guys is a is a uh, podcast addict. So that okay. that I think that, that that might be where he's go podcasting. On. Yeah, uh, I mean for real. That's I mean yeah. I think he's he listens. I think he listens to every Joe Rogan as well as several other different kinds of podcasts. So I think he's mm. uh, that's that's where he's getting it. I don't know where some of these other kids are getting it from, but yeah, it's uh, it's always good. Interesting. So. We don't have time to play it, but uh, I've got another one in there. If you click on the, the show links, L.A. Fire Captain refuses the vaccine in epic speech. And, you know, it's like 15 minutes, and the guy, you can tell, and he's just like kind of like an old-fashioned American, you know, fire, been a firefighter 30 years. like, And he talks about, I don't recognize our country. I don't recognize our city. I don't recognize our fire department. You know, he's like, he just feels uh, betrayed by every everyone from his union, you know, all the way up the line. And amen. You know, this, this guy, you know, you look at him and he's like a big burly firefighter guy. Like this is, you know, when, when you think of a firefighter, this is the guy you think of. And it's like, really, we're just going to just throw these people out and it's all going to work out OK somehow. And I don't know. They're, this is the type of guy that they want to push over the edge. If they can get a violent reaction out of someone like this, then that's then it's full open season on uh, patriotic Americans equals Taliban. If we're uh, if we're gonna go down this road, so let, let's let's take a couple different views of this. Is collapse the plan? Obviously. Is collapse the plan soon with the vaccine passports and knowing a lot of people aren't going to comply? Is that just leading to you know hastening the collapse? Well, they seem to be trying to chase out the people who would be problematic mm-hmm. uh, from the military, mm-hmm. from police from fire departments from hospitals you know healthcare workers that the imminent collapse that i don't see how we get around is like nursing home care center stuff like if the biden administration really cuts off uh medicare medicaid funding to those places it's they'll have you know a hundred patients and we'll have like five on private pay. You know, almost all their revenue is coming from the the government. So, but then if you mandate it for those employees, these are not, you know, it's not like the doctor who's got 200 grand of student loans and and is going to do it, you know, bite them and believes in vaccines anyway. You're talking about some CNA making 15 bucks an hour, you know, I mean, it varies, but not making a ton of money that can make the same amount of money going and working somewhere else if they don't want the vaccine. And you're going to take a a staffing shortage. We've heard from actually several uh, listeners who are in the healthcare healthcare field. They're already short-staffed. And, you know, you're going to end up like with 
what happened kind of in the initial panic and lockdown stage of COVID where people just stopped showing up to work and you've got someone laying in, in bed incapacitated with no one checking on them for days at a time. Like this is, it's horrific. And the idea that that is better than having someone unvaccinated showing up to work, you know, uh, clearly it is crazy and that's not the, the real agenda. The real agenda is causing collapse, causing death, causing destruction. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that is that is the direction that we're going. And uh, I, you know, one of the things that worries me is the is the financial collapse because I think it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully, hopefully it's not soon, but there's no way around it. The, I think that in yeah. you know every day, by the way, that crazy document that surfaced in in uh, Canada that said this is going to be the way things are going to progress for the next two years. And then it was, oh, you know, it's been debunked and, oh, no, that's not true. With the camps and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's not in and and, building camps. But those aren't those camps. Those are not just the camp, not just the camps, but the uh, they this was this was released. It was a document that came out late last year where they said, oh, here's what's going to happen next, 2021, there's going to be another variant, Yeah, it's going to be even more deadlier than the first, there's going to be vaccine passports, there's going to be a global uh, monetary collapse, and there's going to be a great reset of debt, and once the debt reset happens, then you can sign away a lot of your rights or privileges, but you get a free place to live, and then you have to take the vaccine. That, I, I you know, everybody said, that's baloney, it's looking more and more true every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, show me the part that's not... <laughs> happening or on its way absolutely yeah so i think um yeah we just gotta they've got you know we've talked about the the stock market bubbles the it it's absolute insanity they're what what is it one third of the dollars you know digital of course that are out there have been created in the last year something like that yep i mean it it is the definition of unsustainable and it can be blown up at any time. I mean, you've got 20% or 20% of mortgages not being paid, you know, or being paid by the government. Like, it, it's just, it's something that could, the rug could be pulled out at any time. Um, or it could, or something else, it might not even be intentional, you know, whatever starts it. Um, it's, <laughs> even if it's, it's all coming style. down sooner or later. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, GameStop or AMC or some sort of short squeeze, something like that could actually even start it. And they, and would, yeah, then they blame it on. <laughs> and then they blame, blame it on, it on, the on people, Redditors. Yep. Yeah. Blame it on the people who bought all the, the stock in this that was clearly shorted to try and sink a hedge fund while they were at it. Um, I, I think that's, well, that's definitely a possibility. Well, another another uh, possibility I mentioned to you via text this last week, and I think it's very true. I think, you know, we talked about this this last year. When the PPP money started rolling out, you know, it started it started to put things in perspective. This is why they had to mandate masks. This is why they had to do what they were told because they got this PPP money now. If they head into another winter of lockdowns, another winter of, of job loss, another winter of stagnant growth, another winter of loss of small businesses, and then promise everybody PPP money that they don't necessarily even have to pay back. And send it all, you know, send it all, you know, get get it all ready and pass another stimulus bill and send it all out again. All they have to do this time around is say, well, you know, did Strings. you guys, 
Here's some did strings. You, yeah, did you mandate a vaccination for all your employees? Oh, you didn't? Looks like we'll just hang on to this, you know, million bucks. Yeah, we'll hang on to this 500,000. When you vaccinate or mandate the vaccine for your employees and then we'll we'll send it back out. No, they they're talking about even uh so that would be the the carrot, you know, and mm-hmm. then the the stick of uh taxing employees taxing the company extra for unvaccinated employees. And that's how some of the mandates are are trying to be enforced in Oregon, too. Kate Brown says, well, if your school employs an unvaccinated person, that's a $500 a, I forget what it is, $500 a week or day fine or just something ridiculous that would wipe out, you know, a small Christian school or um, any school. So this is... <sighs> Yeah, they they seem to be going for it. Let's um, well, I kind of referenced it, so let's play the Luke Radowski tweet of uh, Bill De Blasio. Talking. Before we before we do that, should we thank some producers so that we can have something? Of, well, the, do you want to? Um, I'm almost through COVID, but I okay. Once you're through COVID, get through COVID and then okay. All right, then, I'll hit you. All right, which one am I going to Yep, it's just yeah. a short one. I'm Bill de Blasio talking. Look, human beings do well when they have carrot and stick. So uh, a mandate... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just like this. We'll get to this in the Alex Jones clip later, but he he's... So dumb, he doesn't know that his job is to make people hate him. Like, he thinks he's getting all this power and stuff. It's like, no, you're there for the New World Order to to absorb the hate of the people that you are being a petty tyrant over. That's your job. There's a list, longtime listener to this show who works at a uh, very prestigious school in New York City. And uh, I emailed him last year to ask him how things were going. Uh, he may actually still be listening to the show. If you are, I'm nodding my hat, tipping my hat to you, uh, Robert, Bob, um, and asked him how things were going. Uh, he emailed me back and sent me a link to a picture of uh, Bill de Blasio dancing by himself <laughs> in Times Square with his wife. And his wife was <laughs> New- wearing New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did I say, yeah, yeah, New Year's Eve. And it was either his wife or he was wearing a gigantic caricature-like mask with the good old pedophile symbol all over it. Did you notice that? Yeah, and and they were dancing alone because they had banished anyone else from New Year's Eve celebrations, but were enjoying it themselves. Yeah, this guy. This guy, and this is also the the guy that Joe Rogan and Evan Hafer destroyed a couple weeks ago on the podcast, talking about how stupid he is. Well, he is, yeah, he he hasn't figured out that, um, you know, he he's out there to get people to hate him. That's his job. Look, human beings do well when they have carrot and stick. So uh, a mandate helps people to realize it's time. FDA final approval on Pfizer said it's time. Now, the Biden administration could do something else that would really help us all move forward, speed the approval 
of the vaccine for the five to 11 year olds. It's time for that. Look, if we can get that last piece done, because right now we can vaccinate kids 12 and up. We're having a lot of success in New York City getting that done. But we need that last piece and we need every child in America back in school. So I know Joe Biden cares to his great credit. I know the team's working nonstop, but they've got to make this a central priority. Get that vaccine ready for the five to 11 year olds. And then there's not even a question anymore about our schools. Everyone in the school building at that point could be vaccinated, should be vaccinated. We just talk. Look, man, when he's given that the visual of it, even <sighs> the MSNBC guy has his head kilted and is kind of biting his lip like, are you serious? <laughs> So creepy. Yeah. yeah. Shocking that someone like that would have a pedophile symbol proudly displayed, huh? Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, it just really wants the kids. The kids get the vaccine ready for the kids. Oh. I just want to I just want to protect the kids. That's why I want I need to look at all the all the photos on your phone. Just want to protect the kids. Yeah, it's know, it's kids. protect the kids. It's not like we could be arresting thousands of child predators today as if there's not evidence everywhere no we'll just we'll just go after everyone everyone's a suspect just need to look at your phone just let us us see your phone (laughs) so let's we'll skip tony blair um tony blair i had that i had that quote i had that clip from last episode if you want me to throw it in there i mean if we both clip it maybe it's worth putting in there okay yeah What is the problem with this coronavirus? The problem is, it, it's not it's not a a disease that's so serious that it's like the plague, right? You, you, most people who get it will survive it. However, it's bad enough, and we all know people who've had it and had it badly enough that you don't want to get it. So the problem is, you have to lock down the entire economy in order to deal with a small number of people who get it and are going to suffer badly. A way out of this is to be able to test people several times and for people to actually have a, a, a biometric identity which can say, look, I've been tested or I've had the disease and here are my antibodies so that life can get back to normal. So your digital ID can play a part in in COVID. But also, if you think of the transactions that you want to do now with your customers, it's much simpler for them if they have a a digital identity. Or you take the big issue in the Western world today, which is, you know, quite apart from COVID, I would say is worries about immigration, who has the right to be in your country, who has the right not to be. Without a form of identity, it's very hard to tell who should, who's got a right to be in a country, who's not. So there are a whole series of ways in which the citizen's life and its interaction, the citizen's interaction with the state can be improved by the use of digital ID, provided you put the right regulation around privacy and so on and protection of data around it. But this is going to become, inevitably, governments are going to move in this direction, absolutely inevitably. And so I think what's important is that we, you know, we from the political side wake up to the potential of technology and engage with the change makers, those inventing the technology, so that we understand it and can regulate it sensibly and not stupidly. 
We just got to chip everybody. That's yeah, really it. Just chip everyone. That'll that'll make everyone's life so much better. We, we can't, you know, have, like have walls at a border or just stop people from coming into a country illegally. That's it. That's impossible. How else can you tell without a digital ID mark that the conspiracy theorists have been warning about for 30 years? Remember, and what, remember one of America, those, one of those America, people, freedom to fascism. With Aaron yep. Russo. Yep. The Rockefellers told him, one of the Rockefellers, I think it was Nick, Nick Rockefeller told well, him. Well, that, that was a, yeah, there is no Nick Rockefeller, but. Oh, so th- that was a what? Well, it was, I tend to believe that Aaron Russo was actually told that. So it was someone pretending to be a Rockefeller. Oh. Or he just changed the first name, maybe, I don't know. But anyway. It was a good story. The, yeah, but the story was the goal is to chip everybody. Yeah. yeah. And then you you uh, you don't behave, they turn off your chip. Or you're part of the elite, your chip says, leave me alone, you can't touch me. So let's, uh, you know, we've, we've heard from Tony Blair, we've heard from Bill de Blasio. Let's hear a little from Klaus Schwab. This is just kind of the promo for the video so you get a little klaus schwab a little alex jones talking about it the whole video though um human sacrificing human sacrifice exposing klaus schwab's engineered fail state definitely worth watching it's about 20 minutes long but uh just play like the first um the promo part the first minute 45 no is that we will end up with many more unemployed and uh, particularly also people in the gray economy which are not counted for uh, who lose their jobs so we will see definitively a lot of anger uh, already now but probably increase by the end of the year uh, because this crisis will be with us until we really have found a remedy so um, we have to prepare for a more angry world and uh, how to prepare uh, it means to take the necessary action to create a fairer world. Um, okay, so let's stop right see. there. The, the, the mega banks that don't pay taxes that are screwing everybody over, big tech has doubled and tripled its profits under what he's done the last two years. We have to prepare for a more angry world. And he goes on in his writings to explain we're going to blame the nation states. We own these presidents. We own these prime ministers. We're going to have them do all these horrible things and lock people down. And then the society will collapse because there's no food and water. We'll organize the third world to invade the first world, the UN will. And then we'll organize the public for a new communist system and a universal income because there's no jobs and no food when it's their order to lock down and the virus they released that was the pretext of the whole thing. You're being stalled out till there's a total collapse. And then by then, they want enough of you inoculated because then you'll start dying. Then there's no hospitals. Then there's no food. Then the society collapse. This is a post-industrial world, which means a post-human world. All right. I kind of think you nailed it. I I used to hear him say stuff like that and be like, oh, you know, maybe 20, 30 years. Like, uh, I don't think it's 20, 30 years away. It could be four months away. They're making you wait it out. That's interesting. They're putting you in a holding pattern. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Making you wait. It's it's always like you know, give you a little freedom back, take it away. Maybe we'll give you maybe we'll give you an exemption for the mandate. Maybe and you know, maybe that'll go away in two months. <laughs> but they they don't want too many people all at once saying no. <laughs> they'll which which you know, we're getting. I mean, there's protests around the world. Right. You know. So they'll they'll probably back off a little bit temporarily, but yep. we either, you know, keep pushing forward or or it's just going to get You a, you a Star Wars guy? You seem like a guy who would not be for into, into Star Wars. No. Not at well, all. Not at all. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan myself, but uh, you know, I am I have uh I've seen, you know, most of them, but there's <laughs> a great scene in one of the originals, like the the old school one. Boba Fett has uh, kidnapped Han Solo, brings him to Darth Vader, and he's uh, <laughs> expecting payment immediately. And I think the payment's going to come after he does something else. <laughs> he turns to Darth Vader like, what the heck? He's like the only one who challenges Darth Vader in the entire show, right? Because they're kind of allies. Darth Vader's, you know, the Empire has just paid him to go get Han Solo. Darth Vader just turns to him and he goes, I am altering the deal that we have made. Pray I don't alter it further. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, like, I do remember that scene. Yeah, Which is the, like the only moment of weakness that, uh, that Darth Vader shows throughout most of the episodes until he comes in contact with his son. But it just always cracked me up. And that's essentially what they're saying to us now. I have altered the deal. Pray I don't yeah. alter it further. Yeah. And it, you know, I just need to we just need to comply, man. We just need to comply. Just comply. Just comply. Well, just comply. In, just comply. In, in the rest, like, in the rest like, of that video, there is... I, Alex does a great job, and this used to be like his major theme, you know, that the politicians are puppets, they're playing both sides off against each other, what have you, and then he, he kind of went all in on Trump, and we'll, we'll play one more clip to, to show where, where that stands. But the idea that there is a power above... The politicians and i would say there's powers above the klaus schwabs of the world too you know there's a, a spiritual element to it and everyone you know every conspiracy whistleblower that comes out of the freemasons or the illuminati or what have you they always are told growing up that their group is in charge like you are part of the special group that's at the top of the pyramid and they never are Right. But that's but that's part of the deception. And all these politicians are told, you know, Gavin Newsom was told, like, hey, play ball and you're going to be president of the United States one day. You know, he's he's about to get recalled. That's governor of California. So it's a, <laughs> you know, no one is more deceived than the deceivers. But let's play. Um, you referenced the Alabama speech. Uh, let's hear Alex Jones talking about. Trump's speech in Alabama. For you on this when we come back. But first, let's take President Trump, who I believe is a good person and who I really care about and who I want to see get a lot of good Republicans elected in the midterms and who I would love to see run again. We got to take him to the woodshed, though, because he came out last week on Fox and Friends and said, I really am suspicious of this booster shot. If this supposedly works so well, why do I need a booster shot? Because you got lied to, Trump. He didn't have 98% efficacy. We knew day one it wouldn't work, period. It's a fraud. It'll create mutants. You got chumped. You got signed on to a fraud to restart the economy. 
I understand why you did it. You believe in science. Said, These are bad actors, sir. You believed America could produce a good vaccine. Of course they could have. They didn't want to. They didn't create a vaccine. They created a Frankenstein. And now they've got you signed up to it. Now the left's saying you better get out there and push it, and you are. CNN comes out and says, we need to see Trump come out and tell them to take the shots. And within weeks of them saying it over and over again, CNN snaps their fingers. Jeff Zucker snaps his fingers and Trump clicks his heels and hops up there at attention and says, how high do you want me to jump, boss? There's Trump in uh, Alabama yesterday. I believe totally in your freedoms. I do. You got to do what you have to do. But I recommend take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But you got, no, that's okay. That's all right. You got your freedoms. But I happen to take the vaccine. If it doesn't work, you'll be the first to know, okay? I'll call up Alabama and say, hey, you know what? But it is working. B.S. Trump, that's a lie. You're not stupid. Just two weeks ago, they said it was 65%, then 40%. Saw a number put out by about Pfizer shots, 30-something percent. Because they just want to tell you it doesn't work, so you're running with a new damn shot. Then they'll tell you in six months that one doesn't work. It's called rope-a-dope. Shame on you, Trump. Seriously, hey. If you don't have the good sense to save yourself and your political career, that's okay. At least you're going to get some good Republicans elected. And, you know, we like you. But, my God, maybe you're not that bright. Maybe Trump's actually a dumbass. All right, we'll be right back. Stay with us. <laughs> nah, there's one thing. One, one thing's, uh, he's many things, but dumb isn't one of them, I don't think. No, and but uh, do you think there is a little bit of Alex Jones uh, deliberately – poking trump in the chest there like oh cnn says jump you know zucker says oh, jump trump says uh, how high yeah, yeah. you know he is you know that he's he sent the message you gotta you gotta come out against this vaccine he talked about that recently too that he you know he knows that people have talked to trump and told him like the vaccine's bad you gotta stop promoting the vaccine your base knows it's bad and doesn't support it and then this happened after and separately you know people's were saying this is was more of a normal like old school trump speech and then with that little tiny part thrown in so it's yeah yeah and he gets booed he gets booed immediately you know i'm i'm uh here's the thing right like the reason I don't trust the experts on all this is because every single expert, aside from maybe Dr. Fauci, but he's associated, you know, but all the people in charge loosely or directly tied to Epstein, Epstein Island, Epstein flight logs, like all of them, every mm -hmm. single one. The people we played on this podcast, Tony Blair, Justin Trudeau, um, the, the, the New York guy, uh, de Blasio. Uh, Gavin Newsom, you know, it's just all Epstein. This is, I mean, I, I swear they're sacrificing babies, yeah. and kids, some, you know, some night in the middle of the Caribbean and praying to the God Moloch. And this whole thing comes to them and they're Bill Gates. They all decide they're going to get up and this is what we're going to do. And, you know, uh, Trump is on the flight logs. So I know that there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of that. Well, you know, he X'd him out of his life. He didn't. But he, he is, he's there. He's loosely affiliated. And, and he continues to say, take the vaccine. So, you know. Well, I, I and know. There, there's also the fact that I I would argue that you saw a 
Well, I I threw this in the the show notes. We're not going to have time to get to it, but RFK Jr. talks about uh, going and talking to Trump about the Vaccine Safety Commission. It was Trump's idea. Trump called him. Yes. And he he told him what would need to be what needed to be done. He said, "You've got all the data already. You just need someone independent to look at it." And oh, that sounds great. Go announce it. So he goes and announces it, and then Pfizer makes a million-dollar contribution to the uh, Trump inaugural committee, and they end up having one meeting with the temperature in the room turned up to 105 degrees, and they still are fighting through that, and then someone comes in and tells them to shut it down, that there's no, there's no more commission, no more safety committee. So... That's, they end up having one meeting as in RFK and uh, it, trying to and he was supposed to be the head of. No, he met with Trump. But one meeting as far as of the vaccine safety deal. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's let's thank some thank some people. Sure. Sure. Because, what? you know, we got the million dollar check from Pfizer and we said, no, thanks. We've got our supporters. We don't need Big Pharma's money. Who needs Pfizer when you got Danny? Who needs Pfizer when you got Danny? That's right. Danny the idiot. He, he's our Pfizer. <laughs> That's right. Um, so so, so maybe, I just wanted maybe, to, to, to take a quick moment and just we, we don't I don't think we go over this enough. I think enough of our listeners we've either convinced to listen to No Agenda or have come over from No Agenda. So we take for granted that there are people who maybe don't and don't know what we're talking about, but. As we move further and further down the road towards mass censorship, it's going to become increasingly important for you to support your independent media outlets, uh, whether it's us, The Court Report, No Agenda, Chris White, any of those different ones, many others, Propaganda Report, uh, The Mind Renewed, Canary Cry Radio, uh, all kinds. There's all kinds of, uh, you know, even Alex Berenson or uh, I think I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll pull, I'll pull back. That's my, that's my list for now, but it's going to be important for you to support those people. Are you paying $75 a year to Disney? <laughs> Are you paying 12, $15 a month to Netflix? How much is this podcast worth? Do you like listening to Andrew and I talk to each other, you know, for an hour or two hours every week? And do you get something out of it? If you do, please give us something. We have somebody working on show art. We've had a couple of people send in music. They are producing the show by sending those things in. Another way to produce the show, send in prayers, send in stories, or send in money. And you can do it via PayPal, post office box, Bitcoin, Litecoin, whatever crypto you want. I'll make a wallet for it, and you can send it in. It doesn't matter as long as you help us continue to the podcast and continue our community. I think it's going to be super important as we move forward, as we move from decentralized phones and move from decentralized operating system and move to things that are going to need to be listener supported. You're going to have to support us directly if you want this sort of thing to continue. And uh, hopefully I don't end up working some crazy amount of hours and then get too busy and can't keep doing the show, which is what happened the last couple of times, plus family, plus everything else. But I'm pretty committed to this this time around because – you know, I'm just going to stand up and let the tyrants be tyrants. I'm going to stand firm on truth. And uh, I think well, Plato or Plato said uh, that uh, n- never has there been a man less popular than the man who tells the truth. <laughs> and we we at Revelations Radio News have a firm non-vaccine mandate policy. <laughs> That's true. Have you talked to the back office about that? You might thing? you might starve to death if forced to rely on on this podcast only but 
you can you can starve to death without being injected <laughs> with an experimental substance that you're not into. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So please, 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 please donate to the show. Send us your time, talent, or treasure, just like they say on No Agenda. But you know, send us send us a little bit of money. It helps us keep the show going. Send us some prayers. Help send us some stories. All those things keep the show going. We need to build up this community and enjoy each other and be kind of salt and light to each other. So encourage each other so that we can actually have, you know, and realize there are many, many, many people out there who still feel the same as we do. And uh, yeah, I think it's important yeah. to make these human to human connections. You know, uh, we had a pastor donate to us and say it was a ministry that we're doing here, which is interesting. So I'm certainly not going to put out a tithe for of 10% of your income or anything like that. But it is interesting to think that we could be a ministry. So uh, one person who is a ministry to us and who has uh, very, very much helped us. I think Danny, I think last week he was not a producer of Revelations Radio News episode 240. And apparently, I don't know, Andrew, I think it might have I think it might have irked him. <laughs> I I think we should re- retroactively put him on there for 240 because he came in three times for 241. So, yeah, so this guy. OK, we'll retroactively put him in 240. I'll throw yeah. him in the. In the, because he came in again two times or three times for this episode. So Danny d- donated $125 just this week for this show. So oh, he, you, he he brings his total all the way up to $600. I sent him an email and I said, hey, man, what well, you know, when you hit a thousand, what do you want us to call you? We, I don't know if we can steal the knights and dames thing. And no, we're not. We're not doing knights and dames. And uh <laughs> Well, there you go. That's official meeting concluded because he got back to me and said, he said, man, I'm not very uh, he said, I'm not very creative on that stuff. Maybe just be just do the knights and dames. You, thing. So. If you will be the pharma kingpin. <laughs> you will be the pharma kingpin level <laughs> producer. Okay. So anyway, thank you for uh, for those donations, Danny. We do greatly appreciate you. And of course, we have always appreciate our friend Maverick Pilgrim, the Seeky First the Kingdom donation. And this is another form of donation that people can do out there that's not quite as overwhelming as trying to get, you know, 50 to $100 in for every show like Danny does. Uh, this is just $6.33 subscription. Subscriptions are important because it just keeps the, keeps things going. It's easy for you to kind of, okay, it's just an auto pay thing. It comes out, it goes, and then it's super, super cool. He's already come up with a cool number for 633, the Seeky First, the Kingdom donation. We'll have to come up with some others, maybe based on uh, different Bible verses or 33 numbers or, and whatnot. And then just under the wire, right before we started the show, we had uh, another donation uh, from, uh, looks like Bristol. United Kingdom, uh, send us a boots on the ground report. We would love to hear what in the world is going on over there. But that is from our friend Gabriel. So Gabriel, thanks for uh, for for sending the uh, sending the money over. We'll get you a copy. And hey, I'm I'm almost all the way done with the donation segment. And I didn't mention that this donation actually has a bonus. You get a copy of the new world order and the eugenics wars a christian perspective from andrew hoffman for every donation over 25 dollars maverick pilgrims already got his danny already has his gabrielle will get yours off into the or gabriel will get yours off into the uh the post so to speak uh fairly soon and uh yeah do you have anything else to add for us there andrew yeah i think there was one book that went out this week uh for Robin, 
from okay. last last episode, so it should be arriving soon. If it doesn't, let us know. Yep. And she is definitely a she, and she had some uh, further questions on uh, how to uh, speak to uh, a Christian about kind of the uh, stuff that's going on these days. And, I, I, you know, it's interesting. I haven't found a huge differentiation in the public between Christians and non, uh, at least in my day-to-day life. How about d- yourself? D- despite Christians being blamed for uh, being the only anti-vaxxers, but yeah. It's, uh, which is just not blatantly not true. Uh, I wish all Christians were anti-vax, but we're not. And yeah, there's, I don't know. It's, it's an important distinction to make between, um, you know, God is in control, but there's a lot of evil in the world and a lot of evil running the world. So I think, Sometimes Christians tend to just want to look at the Kayla version of the the universe and not look at uh, what's actually happening and how easy it is to be deceived. So I think being um, one thing that Will usually puts in his videos, you know, the, the truth is discoverable. Are you humble enough to admit that you were wrong about something mm. and to find out what's actually going on. So, and like we talked about last week, maybe it's, maybe it's not a real triggering, uh, emotional issue that you start with. Maybe, I don't know, talk about organic food, glyphosate, something that they might've heard something about, but, but it's, you know, this is actually worse than, than you know about if you just are paying attention to, to mainstream media. Sure. Sure. I like it. I like it. That's a, it's a good, good tip. I just wanted to make sure scan her last There's email. There's some, some great emails there. You were replying to them, but sharing them with me and there, there are some good, good emails. And about that, I do apologize to everybody. Ever since I went on vacation and came back, there was kind of a bunch of emails from the, the listeners and I just, they kind of stacked up on me and as you know, I work crazy hours and I just, I didn't get, get, get to them. And I apologize for that, that it took so long to get done. Uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll try and return all those emails in the next day or so. And uh, I'll, I'll CC Andrew on them all and uh, get that sort of stuff done. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for donating and sending in uh, your emails. And uh, just continue to support the show in any way that you can, including just even flat out praying for us. Always important. Yep. I got a couple kind of quick random things to wrap it up, or are you done? That's, that now? sounds good. Let's do it. Okay. Let's play the uh, one-minute recap of Ruby Ridge from Lady Greta Pumpernickel. Might not be her real name. Episode of a Bear Die, we remember Ruby Ridge. August 21st, about 30 years ago, Randy Weaver's family was murdered by various members of the Alphabet Soup. If you forgot why, or maybe never knew because for some reason these stories aren't taught in school, allow me to remind you. He was hired by federal agents and then conned into cutting a shotgun a quarter of an inch shorter than the legal length. Initially, he said no. Then they came back with a different shotgun with a shorter stock and said, cut it. And he said, okay. And they said, gotcha, be our spy for the Aryan Nation, which he wasn't a part of, or you're going to jail. Shocker, he said no. Alphabet Soup said self-righteous 
we're going to spend a year and a half, $3 million to plan a raid of your single family home. We're also going to shoot your dog and your son in the back and your unarmed wife in the head while she's holding your baby. Now you might be asking, what was he found guilty of? Was it murder? Illegal arms dealing? Conspiracy? Nope. The only charge he was found guilty of was failure to appear in court. In conclusion, the federal government will most definitely rally their time, their money, and their lack of evidence and still show up and shoot your family and kill your dog because the default nature of the state is violence and they have a monopoly over it. So you better just comply, right? That is hilarious, but also very dark, obviously, the Ruby Ridge part. And I was in a conversation at work with a a bunch of guys, and they were just talking about the government always wins. Just comply. And I think that's becoming a a more and more of a a Mm. popular kind of thought process. Well, the the difference is uh, the government always wins over the, I would say, the individual. Well, I I don't even know if I want to say it always wins. Yeah. But – uh, you know, Waco, Ruby Ridge, but these are, are kind of isolated. If you comply, it's not Waco, Ruby Ridge level. It's, I don't know, Stalinist Russia level where you've got <laughs> 30, 40 million people starved to death, tortured to death, imprisoned, put in work camps. Uh, you know, that that's what you end up with if you comply. So, yes, it is uncomfortable not to comply. And, yes, bad things might happen to you for failing to comply. But it will be much, 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 much worse if you just say, oh, okay, I'll get the shot. I'll accept the mandate. I'll do what they tell me. Yeah, it it does not get better. It does not go away. It only gets worse. So, um. Afghanistan? Have you looked into this more? And we, um, I'm I'm still pretty comfortable with my original assessment. Okay. I, every, I, everything everything I see leads me back to my gut feeling, which was this whole thing was staged. They wanted to make mm-hmm. sure that everybody in this country and around the world saw people leaving the country en masse. Um, in uh, what was it? Gla- uh, Gladio Team B. Gladio, what was it? Operation Gladio? Operation Gladio, yeah. That was from uh, way back in the the day. The Stay Behind Networks where they had to fight terror by staging bombings. Yeah, to fight terror by staging bombings. NATO, the leave behind. I think this is Operation Gladio in reverse. Hmm. Instead of of leaving behind a bunch of people from a war um, to uh, make sure to uh, disrupt the government and make sure that communism doesn't succeed. We're going to go ahead and send out a bunch of people from a war to disrupt democracy to make sure it doesn't actually succeed. And we're going to have hidden hidden cells yeah. uh, through, located throughout the world. It looks like uh, we're on the list to get some 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 Taliban or Taliban <laughs> some Afghanistan refugees here. Um, a lot of Christian organizations involved. I think they're well-meaning and, and hoping to uh, to be helpful and to be. Oh, I think Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck's working for him. Brian Kemp, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's, it's a, just, a tough it's just one a, too, right? Because you want to love your neighbor, you want to do what's right for for you know people who are you know. There's a lot of people who are escaping who are gonna be uh, just regular women and children, and so I think that, that is a calling of God and a calling of God's people to kind of look after them. But 
When I start hearing that Hillary Clinton is it's chartering flights out of there. Chartering oh, and- flights. Oh, I shouldn't even mention it, but Hillary Clinton's been chartering her own flights to get some of the women and children out. Mm. Baloney. She may be trying to get children out for something else, but <laughs> she's also probably chartering it- terrorists right out of there. Yeah, you you know what else? Uh, who else is offering charter flights out of Afghanistan for sixty five hundred a head? Blackwater. Eric, Eric Prince. Yeah. So, yep. so you know the good old that that's an old school RRN going back to the the contractors. They're still yep. around. Contractors still around. Yeah. So anyway, this just a one minute Laura Logan clip that points out something that I think is important to keep in mind. Well, we should be destroying all of it, uh, and, and, and to include the biometric data. You can't do data, that from the airport. Which, which, you can't do that from the airport. You're exactly right. We should be destroying it. But you can do it from the use it in the biometric data. It. Go ahead, Laura. Go. Yeah, I mean, Pete knows you can bomb that um, equipment. You can do Qasem Soleimani. You can do that with the entire Taliban leadership. You can do it with the leadership in Pakistan. You can tell Pakistan, you can order them to stop their proxies. This is Pakistan's invasion. They are a U.S. ally. Use the power that you have. Qatar, another U.S. ally that's funding this invasion. You know, there are so many things that we can do. And Biden is responsible for sure. And he will be held accountable. You can already see the knives are out. He's going to fall on his sword. But what what everyone is also neglecting to address is that this is a government of we the people. We have told the world mm-hmm. that in America it is the people that rule. It is the people's government. If your leaders are misrepresenting you, it's on you. And that is what we are not doing right now. That's what we are not seeing. The pain in every American's heart needs to be expressed in the power that this constitution and this system gives them so i think she's right that it's a pakistan invasion oh absolutely and she's also right that this could be stopped at any moment this is this is being allowed to happen you know you've talked about it as well it was to show that the chaos, which some of those images weren't even real. Some of those, there's still fake news coming out of Afghanistan, or not even coming out of Afghanistan. That's part of what the the fakery is. Um, but to, you know, to justify, I think yes, the immigration. Um, if you've got some terrorists that you've been funding and using in Afghanistan for the last. 20 years and you want to move them somewhere else on the chessboard, this is a good time to do it. Um, I, I definitely think that's that's part of it. And then Afghanistan itself is very important from a, a geopolitical perspective. So this is, you know, this is kind of the CIA slash ISI slash Pakistan slash CCP takeover in Afghanistan. So... Well, and here's here's something, you know, if I was had more time on my hands, I could do a great analysis of this. But here's something that I'll throw the link to the show note in the show notes to the Wikipedia page. Uh, but this is something that everybody should kind of maybe do their own research on or look into or maybe Andrew and I can look into it more. But the, what you want to look for is Lapis Lazuli Corridor. Have you have you heard of this? Is that how you get from Pakistan into Afghanistan? 
No, the Lapis Lazuli Corridor uh, starts in Afghanistan and then goes through Turkmenistan across the Caspian Sea into Azerbaijan, Georgia, uh, into Turkey. Is there a pipeline? It is not a pipeline. This is Hmm. a truck line, a shipping line. Okay. Uh, The Lapis Lazuli Route Transport and Transit Agreement was initiated by the Afghan Foreign Minister and Economic Cooperation Minister between Europe and Asia. In doing so, the initiative seeks to support infrastructure and proceedings, including for road, rail, and sea, increase exports and expand the economic opportunity of citizens in benefiting from this new transport corridor. Barriers to uh, regional trade and transit and transaction costs will be reduced, in part through new custom integration procedure between Afghanistan and Turkmenistan. A new cross-border agreement, its projected uh, impact is not is considerable not only because of the needed infrastructure already in place. Most of the investment will require focus on improving policy of governance. Is the this economic- uh, Belt and Road related? Yes. Yes. Okay. This will help uh, get uh, the lapis lazuli. Those rare earth minerals and the poppies and anything else they want out of there. Yep. And you can, yeah. Yeah, this was the ancient region. The Chinese traveled through the village called the Wakan Corridor. While the Chinese looked for horses in their armies, they found the exquisite lapis lazuli. They found the lapis lazuli magical trade routes. After the Han Dynasty, they went through Af- with Afghan horses through lapis lazuli. This is old. This is the northern route through the Silk Road. Northern route of the Silk Road. This is another way for the Chinese to skip the bottleneck at the uh, uh, Suez Canal in Egypt. Oh, okay. It- and get their stuff directly into Europe. Mm. And now, and now they have an ability to to go right through. Yeah. I don't. I, obviously, I don't know enough. I know enough. I was doing a little bit of research, and yeah, the Lapis Lazuli project will advance the geopolitical aspirations of the member countries. It's this huge thing. The New Silk Road Initiative of the United States came to life in in June 2011, when then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton hinted at a regional connectivity through rail lines, highways, and energy infrastructure, presenting the Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India gas pipeline project as an example in a speech during her return visit to to India. The initiative aimed at creating a sustainable Afghanistan through regional trade and transit infrastructure projects uh, after the troop withdrawal of international troops in 2014. The announcement was an indication of a long-term U.S. engagement in the region while holding the interests of its rivals, Iran, Russia, and China, in check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so keep them in check. Uh-huh. Don't throw yeah. me in the buyer patch there. Yeah, exactly. But keeping them in check by giving them a, another way to get all their goods into Europe. So, mm-hmm. anyway, that's something to, to keep an eye on. And uh, with that, I think, are we ready to wrap? Is there? Do you have any words of wisdom for us today, Andrew? Well, I got some some other stuff in the the folder if people want to go to our our website and click on the show notes link. There's are some interesting things in there. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about it, and it's probably for the best because I don't have it all put together in my mind in a way that's comprehensible. But there's something beyond a virus going on with COVID, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. Absolutely, absolutely. And we are doing the show notes in, in a new way. There's Tim's links to his stories, that are, my stories that I cover, and then there's uh, Andrew's links. And Andrew is bringing up Nevia, which is a new kind of open source search engine. And uh, here he, he has all of the stories in order. So go check that out. See what you think, uh, folks. And let's because uh, we used to have all the links just in the show notes. And that was somewhat helpful. But 
you know, now I'm thinking uh, maybe we should do it this way. It'll save a little bit of time. And I'd love to get listener feedback on people that are doing investigation of their own. So, uh, yeah. And the, yeah, the, the Neva thing, Neva.com, it's a guy from Google. And I don't know, you know, it might turn out to be evil, but they're at least trying to do a non-advertising-based search, search engine and other products where, you know, they say all the right things. Trackers be gone. You are not the product, you know, things like that. So um, you could try it out for multiple months for free, and then they want you to actually pay for their service. Novel idea. And if you do that and you click on the link, you can actually, like, interact with the posts that I've got there, and it should let me know, you know, that you posted something. So um, let, let me know how that works. It could be a, an additional method of, uh interaction there so cool cool very very cool um i don't have any words of wisdom except uh keep your head up out there uh resistance is uh resistance to tyrants is is what (laughs) is a a chance of victory which is better (laughs) than no chance (laughs) it used to be victory that was more optimistic times like two weeks ago now Now, it's a, I don't know how theologically true it is, but I believe the statement was resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. So. I think, it, yeah, I think that was some of the uh, early founders of this country, which, you know, may come as a surprise they, a lot of people. They, might, they, they may, may have been, have been referencing, referencing uh, Lucifer in some sort of Gnostic deal, but, you know, we're we're talking about the actual God. So. That's right. That's right. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you want to support us, go to revelationsradionews.com. Check on the, the links that we have there. Click on the contact tab to send us any emails you want to send. Uh, click on the support tab to uh, send any donations that you want to send. And uh, until then, until next week, hopefully we'll get some prayers and uh, we'll be back then. Thanks, everybody. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say- propaganda rolling across the picket line. Lay down, G.I., lay down, G.I. We saw it all through the 20th century, and now in the 21st century, it's time to stand up and realize that we should not allow ourselves to be crammed into this rat maze. We should not submit to dehumanization. I don't know about you, but I'm concerned with what's happening in this world. I'm concerned with the structure. I'm concerned with the systems of control, those that control my life and those that seek to control it even more. I want freedom. That's what I want. And that's what you should want. 
It's up to each and every one of us to turn loose of just some of the greed, the hatred, the envy, and yes, the insecurities, because that is the central mode of control. Make us feel pathetic, small, so we'll willingly give up our sovereignty, our liberty, our destiny. We have got to realize that we're being conditioned on a mass scale. Start challenging this corporate slave state. The 21st century is going to be a new century. Not the century of slavery, not the century of lies and issues of no significance and classism and statism and all the rest of the modes of control. It's going to be the age of humankind standing up for something pure and something right. What a bunch of garbage, liberal, democrat, conservative, republican. It's all there to control you, two sides of the same coin. Two management teams bidding for control, the CEO job of Slavery Incorporated. The truth is out there in front of you, but they lay out this buffet of lies. I'm sick of it, and I'm not going to take a bite out of it. Do you got me? Resistance is not futile. We're going to win this thing. Humankind is too good. We're not a bunch of underachievers. We're going to stand up, and we're going to be human beings. We're going to get fired up about the real things, the things that matter, creativity, and the dynamic human spirit that refuses to submit. Well, that's it. That's all i got to say. It's in your court.